Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. Blog Talk decided to take the first week of 2024 off, and it was not working, so we have missed you guys, but I'm happy to report that it's all working, and my guest today, Rox Berkey, is here, so it's going to be a great show. So if you have never read uh, Berkey... It's Brickfield and Berkey, actually. I was going to give you top billing there. (laughs) But Brickfield and Berkey books, um, they write a great mystery series. And Charles has been on with us before. This is Rox's first time visiting Book Lights, so I'm really excited for you to meet her. And if you haven't read their books yet, I'll read her quick little bio here. Rox Berkey is half of the writing team Brickfield and Berkey. Together, they deliver well-rounded thrillers that include levels of humor, romance, intrigue, suspense, and mystery. Their long-running Enigma series has earned multiple awards, and they are also part of the underground authors group who write cozy mysteries and murders in the Magnolia Bluff Crime Chronicles. So you can find out more about her and the Enigma books on the website. I did put a link to that right on the Blog Talk site, so if you're listening live or if you're listening later you can click that anytime and go find out more about the books it's a long-running series so there are a lot of books for you to binge read so if you're a big time (laughs) I know I like to read the whole series so if you're like that you will be thrilled because there are many of them for you to read so without any further delay are you there rocks I sure am Lisa happy to to have you on yeah, Happy it, New Year. <laughs> I, I am so honored to be here. I mean, this is a real treat for me, and I appreciate you fitting me into the schedule. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad you could be here. And you have a whole bunch of books out, but the newest one is called The Killer Enigma, and it's actually a Magnolia Bluff book. And do you want to tell everybody kind of what the inspiration was for this one? This particular book, the inspiration um, actually dovetails off of the characters that we brought into our first installment into Magnolia Bluff. And so in the first installment, um, you know, a a couple goes to Magnolia Bluff to kind of have a romantic getaway and things just go awry with murder and mayhem and all sorts of horrible things in Magnolia Bluff that they decide that lightning can't strike twice. And so they return to Magnolia Bluff, now married, and, um, and decide to, that they really want to maybe have a, at least a, a summer property in a small town in the Texas Hill Country. And, um, you know, I think lightning does strike twice, but just leave it at that, you know. <laughs> well, it is a murder mystery. <laughs> it is. When I was when I was poking around on Amazon to get ready for our chat, I noticed that there were so many books in this Magnolia Bluff. Um, it's like an author cooperative where everyone's writing books in this town. And I kept thinking, why do people keep going to this town? <laughs> yeah. The biggest draw seems to be people are dying to get in. I mean, the, the cemetery is like overworked, but it is fun. I mean... There are some absolutely fabulous authors um, that are part of this town that we created in the Texas Hill Country. And, um, 
you know, they, they've been writing mysteries and asked us to come join this little party. And we were so intrigued with it because it's a little different from our normal techno thrillers. And so, I mean, it's just a blast and we're learning lots uh, from these experts and contributing well. And so it's exciting. Yeah, and I was going to ask, because I, I'm sure people are curious, the underground authors who made this Magnolia Bluff Crime Chronicles, do you guys have like a, you know, a series Bible or something? Because I know like Nancy Drew and Star Wars and things, if you write in those worlds, they send you this giant, you know, Bible of things. And I mean, do you ha- like have a map of the town? How does all that work? I think that's a great question. So we actually include the map of town in our book just to kind of help <laughs> other, other readers kind of get their frame of reference. Um, but there were nine of us, nine authors, um, Charles and I counted as one, uh, that actually created this town and, and started forming all the different businesses and everything that was around it. Um, and so we, we have kind of kept a rough, rough out map to refer to, but, you know, everybody has their wonderful imagination. And so some, some of the little new businesses that are popping up maybe haven't made it to the map yet, but, uh, <laughs> but they will. The only thing we have a rule about is um, uh, that you cannot kill someone else's character. Oh, that's probably a good rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no fighting. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We can, we can have our own perspective on them. You know, everybody has their own point of view of people that they meet. So that works very well, uh, but we can't kill them. We just can't. So. All right. Are other people's characters in your book? Um, we do pull characters from one another, and they pull characters from our book as well if they're, if they're a, a really interesting um, person or a character. So one of our characters owns a bed and breakfast in Magnolia Bluff, and so other people have used her before. And, of course, one of our authors has a librarian they, they created, and everybody loves going to the library because it's got a lot of old newspaper clippings. So, you know, right. so, yeah, you do share. And there's a coffee shop that oh, I just love going there in the morning. <laughs> I love that. I know in in my series, there I always make like a hub for I write a lot of werewolf packs. So there needs to be a hub. And in one series, it's the wolf pack bar. And in my new series, it's actually a metaphysical bookstore. And I get so many emails from readers who wish they could go to the crow's nest. And do you guys find that like with your coffee shop or the library? Do you hear from readers that want to be there? Oh, actually, we have. And I did a little bit of research on you, Lisa, too. And I think the crow's nest is someplace I'd like to go. I just want you to go with me. Oh, scary. yeah. Oh, we'd have so much fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I went book researching up in Salem, there were a few little metaphysical you know, stores there. And so it was easy for me to dream up you know, what, if there were a coven of witches, <laughs> what kind of bookstore would they have? So anyway, very fun. <laughs> exactly. We, we don't really have a bookstore yet. We, we, in, in Magnolia Bluff, but we do have a, a library that gets some, uh, some, some visitors and we have um, uh, another hot spot that really just started, just started becoming a good place. It's the new spa that they brought into. Oh, yeah, so it's a, it's one of those wonderful 
you know, spas with the with the uh, uh, all full service kind of stuff. Um, perfect for you know a getaway and relaxing for an hour and getting a massage. You know. Yeah, for sure. Have they found dead bodies there yet? Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Coming soon. <laughs> so. So the characters from your Enigma series actually went to Magnolia Bluff, right? Do you have the same, um, you know, detectives or main characters in the Enigma series that go, you know, do they cross back and forth? So, so no, we, but we did decide to bring in JJ and Cho. Um, they're, they're really behaving more as amateur sleuths uh, in, in Magnolia Bluff Crime Chronicles. So, JJ is is um, one of the one of the owners uh, and voting owners of um, one of the groups in the Enigma series called the Cats Team, and he can't ever get away. So this is his <laughs> way to get away. And um, his 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 bride now, Joe, she's actually a, a high end fashion model out of Brazil, and so she can't get away from the paparazzi. Uh, and oh, so Magnolia, I see. Like this wonderful place to just have a, a little bit of time that they aren't bothered by the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Except for all that murder that follows them around. <laughs> it seems to follow them around. But readers will love to see how this wonderful, uh, fabulous model who has the attention of the young people globally because of the, her fashion uh, poise and everything else, how she wields a cast iron skillet is unbelievable. <laughs> She has an extra hidden talent. She does. <laughs> <laughs> well, for people who haven't read the Enigma series, can you kind of um, give them a rundown? Why should they go read the series today? The Enigma series, um, we capped it at 12 books, Lisa. Um, okay. We Charles and I are both um, technologists by profession. We've worked in the industry for a long time. Charles is much more focused, I mean, he's broad-based focused too, but he's focused more on security and, and those aspects of technology where I'm focused a little bit more on customer experience aspects of it. So when we formed um, the first book in the Enigma series, The Enigma Factor, we wanted to kind of focus on one threat of technology that, that we all face in, in this connected world that we live in. So we did that particular book with identity theft, and we liked mm. it so well that each book in the series focuses on some threat vector. Book four, as an example, focuses on ransomware. And, of course, you know, that's always a problem these days. Right. Um, and then book 10 went into cryptocurrency kind of extensively. Book 11 goes into artificial intelligence. Um, but we did cap it at the 12 books in the series. And then at the beginning of last year, released the first book in the Enigma Airs series, which is where JJ, who's in the Magnolia Bluff book, um, actually takes over the uh, CATS team, which is one, one of the groups. There's the CATS team and the R group in the Enigma series. So I think as far as why they would want to read it, you know, the stories have, have a lot of the same characters from a good guy perspective, and it's, you know, several good guys fighting the cyber thugs of the dark net. Um, 
and so they grow and they change and they you know they they have relationships and they have offspring and so forth um but the the bad people in those are so deliciously fun in the um, <laughs> technology thrillers because they are really bad and so they they really get their just desserts as it were when they when they don't do well the other thing about, <laughs> other thing about those uh, is that um, we specifically um, uh, have them in audiobook formats. So people not only that like to read the whole series, like, like you mentioned earlier, if you like to listen, then the listening is perfect with the voice of our series, Derek Scholl. Oh, nice. Nice. I do love a good audiobook. So all of the books are in audio. People can listen. All of the entire Enigma series and the first book in Enigma Airs are audible. Absolutely. Nice. How many books are going to be in the Enigma Airs series? Are you going to do 12 again? I don't know. As long as we keep finding threats, we'll keep going with it. Um, the second book in that Enigma Airs series, we're actually finalizing the content, uh, and then it will go through editing and, you know, all of those things to make sure it's it's polished and ready to go to the public. But we expect it to go this year. We were kind of hoping for it to go in the January, February time frame, but we had another project that jumped in the middle of it, and so, uh, but it is almost finished, so it's going forward. Yay. Well, that kind of dovetails into um, my next question, which is, what did your writing journey look like? Because you you kind of come from a technology background, and then you paired up with somebody else in that background, and then you wrote a whole bunch of books. So, I mean, how did that all happen? Um, you know, it's very interesting. So, Charles and I ended up working for the same company. Um, he, I, I actually hired him. And um, he and I parted company. I went to a different company. But then we worked well together. So we hopscotched a little bit back and forth to one another from one technology uh, manufacturer to another. Uh, and we ended up doing workshops and writing technical manuals. So, oh. you know, you're familiar in general with technology if you have any kind of device Today, the lifespan of technology today is like 12 to 18 months, where it used to be at right. least, you know, four or five years. But now it's right. time is short. So writing technical manuals and doing workshops got very, very old fast because it's very hard to keep up with them uh, and mm-hmm. keep them keep them on on point. And so um, after after delivering a couple of technical manuals, uh, technical yeah manuals, lack of a better term, or nonfiction as a lot of people like to say. Um, Charles said, we're not writing any more of this because the change is too fast and I'm done. I went, okay, fine. So I, I noodled around with what we had been doing from a technology and, and actually wrote the first few chapters of Enigma Factor and sent them to him and said, hey, you know, we're not working the same place anymore. However, you know, we might have fun writing about technology and then, you know, kind of keeping things so that we can deliver a small message. And, um, and he goes, eh, well, I'll look at it. Let me know. And I said, Oh yeah. By the way, uh, before I hang up, we get to kill people in these. And he's like, "Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> you hooked him." <laughs> well, I mean, where else but in writing, Lisa? Can we kill people and not go to jail? That's right. 
That is right. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And did you guys uh, join writers groups? How did you learn to construct your fiction? Because fiction is a whole different animal than nonfiction. So you really have to find your voice and, and your writing as a team. So how do you guys make that all work? So we did do a little bit of, of writer conferences and we, we, you know, parlayed some groups and some different kinds of um, reviewers to help hone our craft anymore. We've both been voracious readers from a very early age. Uh, mm -hmm. And so kind of get a feel for what you want to do when you read at a very uh, early age and keep going with it. But, but we, we also, you know, had beta readers that contributed a lot to where we ought to do different things. Um, but we, <laughs> I know this is going to probably be just a, an oh wow moment for you, Lisa, but we keep track of all of our characters and our our plots and everything else in spreadsheets. And we <laughs> back and forth. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> but they are password protected, just so you know. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone hacking you while you're writing about hackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it you guys started down this path, did you ever imagine you would write so many books? No. In fact, when, when Charles finished reading the, the first set of chapters for, for Factor, he came back and said, oh, this, this might make a good trilogy. And I turned to him and said, there's so much technology that we can pick a subject matter and put it into a book. I, I'm thinking series here. I'm thinking series. <laughs> when we got 12 and ready to do the next book, I you know, my old, my old-fashioned habits kicked in, and I said, we're not releasing a book 13. We're just not doing it. So, <laughs> so 12 it was. <laughs> so 12 it, 12 it stopped at, and we, we started a new series, and it made sense. You know, I mean, the characters were fresh all the time. They were growing, so it wasn't the same old. It's not a cookie. We've never done a cookie-cutter kind of thing like that. Um, but it was time to, to kind of reach down a little bit and say, mm, we can do better. And we right. wanted to make sure we incorporated um, something really good for the, the younger up-and-coming YA community. And so, you know, it, it, it has things a little more aligned to uh, the, the YA thinking and how they utilize different technologies. And, and so it you know, expand the audience a little bit. Yeah. And did you struggle at all or was it, fun to have, you know, married characters that continue on because I know sometimes it's hard to keep the tension. Um, you know, how did you guys navigate that? Um, so for the most part, you know, uh, if we were really focused on them, the, the married characters have had a little bit of different issue. One has fallen and needed picking up in one way or another. Um, and so that helped create the tension as well as show how strong their relationship was and resilient they are. Um, but then as we have phased out some of those couples uh, with the brand new series, they're not gone, so they haven't died. We can kind of pull them back in when we feel like it. But, right. but they are off to other things. They're off to maybe an early retirement like they deserved after working so hard to kill all the bad guys. Right, <laughs> right. They have a well-deserved retirement. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, when you are writing all of these mysteries, do, do you have any other genres that you're trying to write? Do you have a sci-fi up your sleeve or a romance or any other things that you guys want to tackle? Um, it's, it's interesting. We did just put together last year, end of last year, a, a short, kind of a short story sci-fi kind of focus that, that we've been trying to talk to different people about. It would be a short story. It would not be a full-blown. But we also, um, probably three years ago, started um, delivering out short stories um, to get to contemporary women's, a little bit of romance. But they were backstories that just ended up not fitting into the novels. And so rather than, than lose that writing, we wanted to make it a little bit better, but, but condense it down to a short story that, that, again, might attract more readers or at least entertain people. Because at the end of the day, that's what we get probably the biggest kick out of, is entertaining readers. It's just fun. Right. Right. Yeah. And what do you do with the short stories? Do you publish them in magazines or on your website? Or how do readers find the short stories? Um, so they are they are linked off of our website. They are available as ebooks on Amazon. They're not big enough to be full blown books, uh, but they're quick digestible ebooks. And one of the projects we have um, going for this year as well is kind of a collection of some of those short stories into a bigger into a bigger book into a bigger collection. So, um, but but it won't have it won't have the whole thriller focus as the other novels have had. Right. This will be more about relationships and things, right? Yes. It's actually called Trusted Friends and Lovers at this moment. Now, that could change before we release, but that's where it's sitting today. <laughs> okay. Very cool. You guys heard it here first. Um. <laughs> exactly. That's a true statement. No one else has heard that before. So thank you, Lisa, for being, for being so open. <laughs> well... I want to know, We uh, our listeners are usually really reader-focused, and we love to add to our to-read list. So who inspires you? What do you enjoy reading that fires you up to go, oh, my gosh, we got to go write? There, there are a lot. I, I recently have been jumping into fantasy as kind of a getaway for myself. And so um, I picked up this trilogy that starts with Thaddeus of Bewick by Louis Sivan. It is oh. it is phenomenal. The biggest problem I have with this, and, and that's saying a lot, the biggest problem is the book is so heavy. It's a big <laughs> book. <laughs> that's why I read e-books. <laughs> yeah, you know, I work full time and I'm in front of a computer all oh, day. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah. So you don't want to read on your phone. <laughs> oh, and I, I mean, I will. I do a lot of book reviews. I, I do do a lot of e-books. Um, uh, but I just, when I really want to have just settle back, ready to go rested in the evening, I, I prefer a, a, a book. And so I fall in for, for Louis Vaughn. He has three out in, in the first trilogy and the, the next trilogy is beginning by summertime. Uh, they are fabulous. If you like fantasy, and Dragons and Witches, um, you're going to love this. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, are there any crime or mystery writers that are go-to for you that we should know about? Wow, the list is so big. Um, 
<laughs> I know you'll leave some out, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I still still enjoy reading um, uh, Linda Linda Pirtle. I like um, Caleb Pirtle the third as far as just for reading excitement. Um, I like Joe, and for the life of me, I just lost Conjol. Um, he writes a really good series that's a detective series, um, so he's a lot of fun. Um, Joe Kasanis uh, is is doing a lot of um, paranormal. I guess is where you would you would place it. It's much more um, futuristic technology stuff, uh, but it's excellent as well. Um, and of course, your books are on my list now. So ah, thank you. <laughs> mine are very paranormal, but but hopefully you'll enjoy them. There are a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> You know, as long as they're not really grossly gory, I'm okay. I, a horror, I don't quite. Once in a while, I'll find a good horror book that I like, but I will review books from lots of different genres. So I, I very rarely refuse a book. Uh, yeah, I I have um, finally put out my first thriller under L. A. Kessler, and it's about cloning. And that has been very fun. I'm working on the second book of that now. Um, but it is a amalgamation of, <laughs> there's a reason my agent was like, I don't know what to do with this book. But I have gotten just some voracious readers who are dying for book two, but it's actually got younger protagonists, but it's not really YA. And then it, you know, has the cloning, which might be a little bit sci-fi. And and then it's a thriller because they're on the run the whole book. So so anyway, it's kind of a little bit of everything, but um, but it's been very fun to dabble in a different genre. I would love a link to that book just so that I can have it since you have my email. I'll I'll take a look at it. Oh yeah, sure. You might you might enjoy perfect. Um <laughs> but perfect. Uh, also if you haven't yeah, it's just called perfect. Um if you haven't read Peter James yet, he writes some amazing thrillers over in England and he's been on the show a few times, but um I'm trying to think of the name of his book. Um there's one that he wrote about if someone had discovered proof. I think it's called Absolute Proof. That's what it's called. Um, but it was a fascinating book about that if you had absolute proof of the existence of God, what would happen? And it was wild. It was so good. It was a great book. Highly recommend. Um, <laughs> so if you yeah, like I mean, thrillers. You, you like different books, though, too, not just thrillers, right? Oh, yeah. I write paranormal romances, and I love reading um, paranormal books, and I dabble in horror. I do love horror. Um, I'm not in for the gory horror, but, man, I love being scared. Um, <laughs> so so I do read them, too. Um, so I dabble. I'm pretty open, I, and I enjoy historicals, too. I think that historicals are very similar to paranormals in a way because – are world rules and you can't break them and so when I read a historical even though you know there aren't ghosts and things it still for me feels comfortable because here's all the world rules and here's all this conflict because we can't break the rules you know so it's very similar to paranormal oh yeah no absolutely 
And I, I think like what you had mentioned before, Lisa, where, where books are tending towards pick up elements of multiple genres is because that's kind of mm-hmm. how life is, multiple genres. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't all stay in one lane. <laughs> no, hardly ever. But if you want a really fun, easy book that just will keep you giggling, um, and this might not be for everyone, but it is an audible book that I listened to a while ago, and it just, I mean, I laughed for hours after I, I stopped listening at various paragraphs. It's called A Royal Pain, a Park, Park Avenue Princesses by oh. Abigail Drake, and a Fun. narrator, Casey Miracle. And I, it just kept going. It was snip, snip, you know, let's go. No delays, no anything, no, just, and the, it was perfect. It really, truly was just an outstanding, fun, fun book. Ah, fun. Okay, I'll look it up. I love, I love um, audio books. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to put in a big plug here, but if you guys love audiobooks, that Scribd app, now they changed it to Ever, Everand, I think, but um, their subscription has so many audiobooks and there's no limit to what you can listen to. So if you love audiobooks, go, go check that out because that's how I listen. Um, <laughs> so what's next for you guys before we run out of time? Uh, next is, is releasing book two in the Enigma Airs, which is called uh, The Enigma Forced. Um, and and it's, it's kind of related to, no, it's absolutely related to some of the immigrants that are coming in and some of the human trafficking, um, just because it's top of mind. We live in Texas, right. you know. Right. And, um, and then getting out this collection of short stories, Lisa, that I mentioned oh, before. Awesome. Yeah. Lovers, so. Great. Well, everybody be on the lookout for book two from the Enigma Airs series and also for the short story collection. And if you haven't picked up that Enigma series yet, Breakfield and Berkey, definitely put it on your to read list because you can binge read through the whole thing. So thanks so much for being here today, Rox. It was great chatting with you. It was so much fun, Lisa. Thank you very much. Okay, see you later. Have a great one. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.